We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. you davy a podcast where me nicole byer was trying to figure out why i'm still single but it's been a lot of episodes and we never got closer to figuring it out so i'm just talking to people i like about love and relationships and it's fun okay my guest today is an actress from dear white people hello cupid and you've seen her on episodes of grand crew rest in peace her podcast trials to triumph is on the oprah winfrey network i love oprah and i love of our guest. <laughs> what a wild way to do that. Anyway, I am so excited she's here. She's wonderful. She's very like serene. She's like a real adult and she's very funny. It's Ashley Blaine Feathers and Jenkins. Hi, friend. What a dumb intro. I said she's a real adult. <laughs> I am. Thank you for that compliment. You are. What if you were like, she's a real child? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I think that's how some people might want to introduce me. They're like, she'll never grow up. She suffers from Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, even though she goes to therapy, it's not taking Nicole Byer. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Your skin looks incredible as always. It's not fair. Uh... I do need to go to the dermatologist you go to. And I feel like you've given me this woman's information yes. no less than 18 times. I got you. She's the best in L.A., especially if you have melanated skin. So I got you. I'll send you my girl. Okay, perfect. So, Ashley, would you say that your good skin is what won you a husband? <laughs> you know what? It's one of his, like, early on in dating, we would say, like, what are, you know, we would ask each other, like, what are some of my favorite, like... I don't know, like physically, what are some th- like favorite things about me or whatever? And that is one of the things he names is my skin. But his skin too. He has great skin. 
two people with good skin. You love to see it. <laughs> so, okay, you're the person. I started doing this book called Calling in the One. I will say I am on a bit of a hiatus from it. It got a little overwhelming. It was bringing up a lot of, you know, shit that I was like, oh, no, it is me. Um, but you did it. You said you did it straight through. Mm-hmm. And then you met you met your husband. Well, Darryl. no, no, no. Story's a little bit different. Oh. So... Okay. The book was recommended to me. I was also mm-hmm. this this really matters. I was 24 years old, okay? So this okay. was like 11 years ago, literally. Um and at the time I was kind of I was a couple years out of an a relationship, but I was still kind of like holding on to it. Like it was in a weird space. Mm-hmm. I was single, but it was in a, in a weird space. Um and I had recently met a friend of mine who's now one of my best friends. And we had met maybe a month before, and the book was recommended to both of us by a mutual friend. We were like, hey, like, let's read it together and, like, shed and, like, call in the person for us. Um, but the the irony of it is that I did already know my husband. I had met my husband two, three years before that. Um, at the time, we were just, like, friends and, like, messing around here and there, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we got married almost 10 years later. So it was... I called in the one that was already there, mm. <laughs> like, I guess. And then 10 years later, we figured it out. <laughs> I mean, that's like in the book. She tells this magical story about how she knew this man. She wasn't ready for him and then met him on a dating app back when there was no pictures and they reconnected and then they got married and then they had kids and then they consciously uncoupled because... <laughs> Sometimes, you know, marriages don't last forever. But this lady, she seems so, like, chill. And a lot of it is just like, what are you doing to push people away? And that was the thing that got me good. Cause, and she's like, what prophecies are you fulfilling for yourself? And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm doing so many things to fulfill this prophecy of, like, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to date me. Nobody wants to stay around. And boy, oh, boy, is it overwhelming. Yeah, I remember one of the things that really stayed with me from the book. Also, highly recommend the book for anybody that like is trying to call in the one. Um, and what you might find is that like maybe you don't call in the one, but like you do learn a lot about yourself, you know, Nicole, which it sounds mm-hmm. like is definitely happening with you. But something that really stuck with me was she was like, you have to release heart space. Like, if someone that isn't for you or something from the past is taking up heart space, then, like, who's for you and what's for you can't, there's no space for them. They, they, there's nowhere for them mm-hmm. to fit. Um, and so I remember one of the exercises in the book is that you have to, like, anywhere you have this person you're trying to release, if you have their name anywhere, in journals, pictures, uh, whatever it is, wherever they're, like, lingering in your in your things, you have to, like, throw it away and, like, burn it. And I remember feeling so much anxiety being like, oh, like ripping out 50 journal pages where I was just writing and writing and writing about this person and my sadness and pictures I just didn't need. And like, I had to purge it. I had to let it go so I could like create more space. Oh, boy. That gives me anxiety. I'm not there in the book yet. Yeah. Um, I'm at the part where it's just like, uh, write, like, forgive people for, like, things they've done to you and, like, let it go and write them a letter and then either rip up the letter, keep the letter, send the letter. Um, But it is, like, it's a lot. And I didn't realize how much of me was, I don't want to say not good, 
But like, I thought I was really good at communicating because I talk for a living, but I'm not in a relationship. I'm not good at it. And I spent a lot of time being like, well, I need to make them happy as opposed to like, am I actually communicating my feelings? Mm. And then if I'm communicating my feelings, am I doing it efficiently? Or or am I doing it well? And the answer is, no, she's <laughs> not. Ooh. So <laughs> when did you start dating? Like in general? Like, mm-hmm. date, like Were you from a child? Okay. an early bloomer, a late bloomer, a middle bloomer? <laughs> hmm. Can you give me like ranges? Like what's considered early? Oh, so, okay. I didn't start really dating until like my 20s. So early to me is like middle school, High school, because oh. I'm like, how did you, how did anyone have time to date in high school? Oh yeah, okay. So then I was early, I guess. Yeah, like I, I, the most serious boyfriend I remember having was in high school. So by like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I was like in serious relationships in high school. Really. And how did you have, were you in clubs and shit? I was in all of the clubs, like literally. I was in clubs, SGA, the choir, the theater, the whatever. Um, And my like boyfriends were too. Like they were, you know, especially in high school. I mean, I guess it's the same now with football. But like if you played football, I remember they would have like three a days. Like I don't know how anybody, you're right, hangs out in high school Definitely don't know how I had a whole boyfriend, but I did. But um, and the, the funny thing is that it was long distance too. So long distance in the sense that like he went to a we didn't go to the same school. He went to a school that was like oh. thirty minutes away and lived lived about thirty, 30 40 minutes, minutes away, commuting to date while in school. <laughs> we were commuting to date while in school. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds absolutely unhinged. And I just, I barely have the time now as an adult. And like the thought of dating someone who lives in like Santa Monica, where it's like a half hour commute, I'd be like, that's a no for me, dog. Sorry about it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't do it now, but I guess in high school it was like cute. And it was a kind of a group of us, like a group of <laughs> girlfriends. We all kind of had boyfriends that went to this all boys school. So. We would, like, go out there and, like, visit them or they would come in and visit us and we would see each other on the weekends. Like, it just kind of worked. Talk on the phone all night, you know, that type of thing. I think I really missed out on dating in high school because I went – I lived directly behind an all-boys Christian school. And I could truly just, like, go through a friend's backyard and find all the boys. And I never did. Did you want to? Did you have urges to? Or were you a little scared, a little shy? Oh, my God. I had crushes – all day, every day. I was always in love with somebody um, in from like elementary school to middle school to high school. I always had a crush. And I don't think I ever acted on it. I think I did once. No, maybe twice. I was like, oh, my God, do you like, like me? And they were like, mm, absolutely not. Uh, it never came to fruition. And then yeah. I spent my early 20s being uh, just a woman who chased after men who didn't want her. Hmm. Yeah, it's you saying that's making me think about like the unrequited love experiences I had from like like I remember it was a guy named Spike when I was in elementary school. Spike. His name was Spike. <laughs> I, <laughs> his name was Spike, which I like looking back. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Anywho, Spike was not banging with me, or like in middle school, I used to love this guy named Tim Garbinski. And, like, I remember I, like, fractured my wrist around Valentine's Day in, like, seventh or eighth grade. 
And I remember, you know, going to get the cast and being like, what color do you want? Me being like, red, obviously, it's February. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally being like, I will break my other wrist <laughs> if Tim Garbinski does not sign my cast. Like, I I will break every limb. If he, And I remember, like, waiting on him to come to class and being like, you know, kind of like, wounded girl like he was like what happened I was like yeah like I fell ice skating it really hurts do you want to sign it and he signed it and like still wasn't banging with me like that but you know uh-huh. whatever but I remember just like really liking this guy and having a like at the time uh one of my like close friends in school was like gay he's like my first gay like you know, kind of bestie, but mm-hmm. he was like best friends with him too. So he was like in the middle and like trying to help us figure it out, but it never amounted to anything and he never liked me and I had to move on with my life. I'm so but. sorry. I mean, in high school, I had a gaggle of gays. It's really funny to like look back on it and be like, oh, I and I had a crush on one of them and I like told him and he was like, yeah, I mean... I think I really like Asian women. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) There were no Asian girls who went to, like, there was, like, maybe two or three, but, like, not enough to be like, this is uh, my thing. And then, you know, later he came out as gay. But, yeah, I just, like, it wasn't on purpose, but there was always gay men around me. And Mm. I was like, why do gay men like me, but then straight men don't like me? Mm. Who knows? It's my lot in life. But also I do prefer gay men because they, they'll be like, you look good, girl. And yes, straight yes. men will just be like, oh, that's a that's a thing you're wearing. And I'm like, oh, oh, just come on, please. <laughs> Although I did date someone recently who would tell me how beautiful I looked all the time. And I was like, this is what I love. I love compliments. That really matters, though. Like, I think anybody that like acts like they don't care if they're ever complimented is lying. I like, think so, Nobody too. is like... It's okay. I just tell I tell myself that I'm beautiful. No, you want to hear from other people, especially from someone that you love or you're into, that you look good. Like, I just, there's no way that people are okay with that. This will sound very toxic, but I used to wear a lot of makeup all the time, everywhere I went, never left my house without makeup. And then I was dating this person and... I was wearing makeup one night. They slept over. And then the other, the like next morning we woke up and I had to go to work and I wasn't wearing makeup because I was going to work. And he looked at me and he was like, you look really pretty this morning. And I was like, it's 6 a.m. I don't look pretty. He's like, no, no, you do. He's like, are you wearing makeup right now? Why are you wearing makeup at 6 a.m.? And I was like, I'm not wearing makeup. And he's like, you look just as pretty as you did last night. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I marry you. And then I didn't, you know, but uh, it just Mm. it was one of the first times that a man was like, you look pretty the way you are. And I don't want to be Mm. like, you need that. But I did. I needed someone I was dating to tell me that, like, I was enough and that, like, the way I wake up is beautiful. And it was the first time it happened and it was lovely. Did you stop wearing makeup as much after? Like, did did. it kind of liberate that for you? Yeah, it did. It was a thing Mm. where and it wasn't like this person validated that I look fine without makeup. It was just like a little step to be like, hey. You don't have to cover your face and makeup every single day. You can go. The world's not going to vomit when they see you without makeup on. Um, and it was uh, yeah. it was just like a nice thing. And then he always made sure to tell me that, like, I looked pretty anytime we went out. And again, not saying that I need outside validation because I think I'm a beautiful person. But it was just nice to know that the person I was with also thought I was beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Boy, oh boy. I miss them. Anywho, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first time you said I love you to somebody? Ooh, I don't, actually. I mean, it was probably to, like, my high school boyfriend, the one that I was, like, doing long distance for a couple years with. Because that was, like, mm. a real relationship. Like, that was, like, we were, like, giving each other cards for random occasions and, like, you know, like, going out to dinner. Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. real. But it was probably to him. Yeah. And you don't remember it? No, I don't. I don't. I actually have no memory of that. I'll never forget it. Really? Yeah, because I didn't know how to say I love you to anybody. I'd never done it before, so I Googled it. And WikiHow had pictures. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I read WikiHow, and I was like, okay, so that's how you do it. It was like, wait for, like, a good moment when you guys are together. And I, uh, so, like, that's what I did. And then I wrote out a whole thing, like an insane person, and I read it to him. And uh, I also... I like built in a thing where I was like, you might not say it back and that's okay. I accept that. Um, And then (laughs) he said it back later, but I think I just took him by surprise because I had written a whole soliloquy about how I loved him. Mm. And I don't recommend that for anybody. Just uh, just say it from your heart. You don't have to do too much prep work. Yeah. Just keep it real. I do remember the first time I told, my now husband, my then situationship that I loved mm-hmm. him. I, I do. I definitely remember that. I was like in a puddle on the floor. I was mad about something and like crying to him on the phone. Which I don't literally can't remember what I was mad about, but I was in like my little studio apartment on the floor. Like you would have thought that like someone had just stabbed me or something. I just was on the floor <laughs> crying. And he was like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Like, Again, whatever I was crying about was not a big deal. And I was like, I'm crying because I think I'm in love with you. And he was like, no, you're not. (gasps) That was the first thing he said. That was like, yes, I am. Why would you say that to me? He was like, why would you be in love with me? He did the classic like guy. What what is it about me that, you know, it's like, why wouldn't I love you? I loved you for so long. Like, whatever. It was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then later he was like, I just didn't know how to say it back. And then it's so dramatic. I mean, it was so dramatic. It <laughs> is kind of dramatic. It's like um, I'm not a I. I may seem like a vulnerable person because I I just talk a lot about my life, but I'm not an actual vulnerable person in relationships or in my friendships sometimes, uh, mm. because being vulnerable opens you up to get hurt. And I don't, who like, who wants to get hurt? And saying I love you is such a vulnerable thing because the person could just go, no, or I don't love you back, or yuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God, it's so hard. Love hurts, or it feels really good. Like, and you have to, that's the thing, though, Nicole, you just have to take the risk because (sighs) there's no, you know, you don't get a reward without taking a little risk. And so sometimes that person is going to be like, yes, I love you back. I love you so much. I love you so much. And other times they're going to be like, I don't. But you got to say it to find out sometimes. Sometimes you do. Okay, so who proposed to who? Was it you or 
did um did Daryl propose to you? What was it? Tell me. Um, Daryl one billion percent proposed to me. I did not <laughs> propose to him. No, no, no. I'm like, I don't know. I want to say I'm kind of. My instinct is saying I want to say that I'm kind of opposed to like the woman proposing to the man, mm-hmm. but I don't want to say that I'm against it because everyone has their own thing, and I think that by saying I'm against it, that would maybe suggest that I'm like I don't want a woman to also own that that like that part of their life if they don't want to. But like for me, I one. Thousand percent. If it were up to me to get engaged to somebody, like I would never be engaged. I don't think. Really? If, if I were just waiting for, like, if it were, if it were gonna be on me to propose mm-hmm. to somebody else, I would never be engaged. I don't think. Well, what did Daryl plan? Was it something delightful or was it something simple? Oh, it was delightful, and it was exactly what I would have wanted or what I did want. So, it was in the pandemic. Which was like a crazy time, as you know. Mm-hmm. We got engaged um, September eighteenth, twenty twenty. Basically, he we were our our like dating anniversary is September first. Mm-hmm. He literally took me out to dinner and was like, "Will you be my girlfriend?" And I was like, "Yes!" Like he did it very like old school. Uh, but anyway, so uh, September is always like a month we like to like you know celebrate whatever. And so he had planned a trip and was like, "All right, we're gonna do like a little weekend trip." Um, he didn't tell me where we were going. Uh, but, like, told me how to pack. And I was like, okay. And I'm, like, texting my girlfriends the whole time, like, my best friends, Angelique and Madison. And I'm like, Daryl's being so weird. I just was like, he's not really telling me what to pack. I'm like, he's telling me to pack, like, hot stuff, also kind of cold stuff. I was like, I don't know if he's trying to throw me <laughs> off. And they're like, yeah, girl, he's trying to throw you off. Like, this is crazy. Like, you're going to have so much fun, though. Like, just go with the flow. Just go with the flow. I'm like, yeah, but, like, he's being so weird. Anywho, so uh, we get in the car and we start driving. And then I kind of start realizing a little ways through that we're going to Santa Barbara, which we mm-hmm. we love Santa Barbara. So we get to Santa Barbara. We get to check in this nice hotel. And I'm like, you know, again, I think we're just celebrating like our anniversary, which at that time was two years we'd been together. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, um, so what are we going to do? And he was like, I don't really have plans. Like I thought we could just like, you know, maybe grab dinner somewhere and uh Play it by ear. And I was like, uh, okay, so you just <laughs> didn't plan anything. Got it. <laughs> Exciting. But I was happy to be with him, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to dinner, like a very casual dinner the first night. And then the se- the Saturday we wake up and he's like, um, he's like, hey, I love horseback riding, which is ironic because I just went horseback riding over this weekend and I hadn't done it since we got engaged. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like a moment. Anywho. So he, he, we'd been saying we wanted to go horseback riding. And so we wake up in the morning. He's like, I don't really have plans. Like, but do you want, want to maybe go horseback riding? And I was like, oh my gosh, D, yes. That would be amazing. He's like, okay. So he like goes in his laptop. And I find out later he's acting as if he's making a reservation. Like fully mm-hmm. typing things in. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, we're... We're confirmed for three o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. He's like, yeah, they barely had any spaces left. Thank God they put us in. I'm like, oh my God, yes. So we get to the place and I brought a Polaroid camera with me just because I wanted to like have memories. I was like really into Polaroid. I still am, but at the time I was like taking a lot Mm -hmm. Um, or disposable camera rather. Um, So we get to the place. He's like, let's take a picture like before we get on the horse. And I was like, okay. And he's not typically like at the time, the picture suggester, it was always me. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is so cute. Like, he wants to take a picture. 
But really, it was like our last picture kind of like before we got engaged. And so we meet up with like our, who I thought was just our like horseback riding instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go on, it's just like the three of us. So then we get to the beach. It was like a, like through the woods, like to the beach in at Santa Barbara. So we get there and it's just so beautiful. Like it just was gorgeous. And so the, the like a horseback instructor lady was like, do you want to get off the horse? I was like, no, I just... <laughs> I'm kind of liking just staying up here on the horse. I'm like, it just looks so beautiful. And Daryl's like, no, Bash, you should get down. I'm like, why? Like, I want to sit on the horse. Like, I'm kind of like going back and forth with them. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I'll get down. So then I get down and Daryl's like, look, it's so beautiful. And like, he's telling me like, look at the ocean. And then I turn around and he's on one knee. And the horseback riding instructor transformed into a photographer. She was also a <laughs> photographer. So she's, at this point, she has on a, like a different outfit, a vest. You know, she has a lens out. She's doing all sorts of different things. Um, and that, and then we had like champagne and like, you know, snacks and stuff on the beach and got to celebrate. And then that night we went to a beautiful like French restaurant for dinner. And I'm like calling, FaceTiming all my friends. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Meanwhile, they were all in town. They all knew Aww. about it because we had a surprise engagement party the next day. So he was making it seem like we were coming back to L.A. to, like, he got us an Airbnb to, like, not be at our house, mm-hmm. like, to do something different. I was like, Daryl, why would we stay at an Airbnb and not our house? Like, that's insane. Like, why would we spend the money to, like, spend a night in an Airbnb? Like, we have a perfectly fine place. He's like, no, but we just got engaged. Like, that's crazy. We're not going back to our apartment. No. And I was like, okay. And he threw a surprise engagement party with, like, 50, 60 friends. And it was, like, a party. And it's what I always, like, decorated, bartenders. Like, you know, it just was my best friend uh, since I was 12 years old, flew in town. She was, she just had a baby three months before that. Like, it just was really, Mm -hmm. really beautiful. Everyone risked their lives in COVID. um, (laughs) And we had a blast. But I just say that to say, uh, you know, our engagement weekend was Everything I could have wanted from like the ring to the Santa Barbara to the horses to surprising me with all my closest friends and our friends that we've made throughout the years. It was gorgeous. It was great. Oh, that's so nice. That's so it's so thoughtful and Mm -hmm. nice. And it's like a real like show of love. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is that it actually was a pivot. We were supposed to get engaged in Kenya. Uh, But because of COVID, our trip had to get canceled. So this was a big pivot that he made, the Santa Barbara and the and the engagement party in L.A. That wasn't at all the, the original plan. I mean, what a great pivot. I mean, it still sounds yeah. <laughs> delightful. It reminds yes, it me of not a great story, but Jada Pinkett Smith has been on a press tour and I love every single thing <sighs> about it. And there was a video where Will Smith was like, I threw this beautiful party for her birthday um, because she was like uh, in this like midlife crisis. And I was like, I'm going to pull her out of it. And then Jada said, this is the biggest display of ego I've ever seen. And I was like, <gasps> Jada, he was trying to do something nice and I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship but like (laughs) Daryl doing such a beautiful thing and you being like thank you I think is the appropriate response yeah also it was what I wanted like I I used to talk about like I think I love it when people have like engagement parties right after they get engaged so like he listened to me I think I might have said that I might have said what Jada said if it were something that only he wanted Mm -hmm. 
that might have felt that way. Like if we got engaged on a football field, I would have been like, <laughs> this is the biggest display of ego I've ever seen. But that's not what happened. You know, it was beautiful. And then how long did you guys date before getting married? So we dated like officially like from September 1st, 2018, when he was like, will you be my girlfriend mm-hmm. to when we got engaged in 2020, two years but we were, like, in a situationship for many, 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 many years before that. So I always say, like, the way I describe it is, like, our 20s, because we met when we were, like, 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. So our 20s were, like, a whole bunch of back and forth, a whole bunch of ridiculousness, a whole, but, like, we always had these feelings for each other. And then we turned 30 and we're like, what are we doing? We're in love with each other and have been together ever since. Like, that's the best way to describe it. But two years before we got married. Okay. Officially. And then while you were having your situationship, was there, like, other people? Were you, like, you'd, like, be together, break up, be with other people, get back so together? So that's the thing. We were never, we were never in a relationship. That's what made it a situationship mm-hmm. until he asked me to be his girlfriend that day. And oh, so you were just hooking up and, like, it was just we whatever. Were, yeah, like, hooking up and, like, yes, there were other people and, you know, I'm mad about this person. He's mad. You know, it was all of that. Mm-hmm. And But, like, we were not, like, officially. There were no, like, to this day, we've never broken up. If that makes sense. Aww. We've never had like a breakup. No. Mm-mm. That's nice. You guys have yeah. a tradition where you alternate planning your anniversary trips. Yes. Yes. I'm on the hook next year. And woo! every time it's my turn, I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? But it's <laughs> it's such a great tradition. It keeps it spicy. It also like it allows each partner to show up for the other for the other one mm-hmm. in a special way. You know what I mean? Um, and I really appreciate that. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm the only one planning the the cool stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, you should be doing it too. Um, but Daryl really knocked it out of the park this year. And so I'm like, and it's funny because I'm not competitive, but like, this is where we start to get competitive. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> what did he I, take how you am this I year? Top this year, we went to the one and only Mandarina which is in Riviera Maya, outside of... um, Cancun? Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Oh, okay. You fly into PV. It was one of the most beautiful resorts I've ever been to in my entire life. It actually was just voted, like, one of the top resorts in the world. It's really, really, like, from, like, um, I want to say Condé Nast or Travel and Leisure, one of those magazines. Ooh, Um, lovely. It's kind of, like, it's gorgeous. It's in Mexico, but it's gorgeous because you get, like, jungle and you get beautiful water that you can like Mm -hmm. get into and it's safe and great food. And we just had a blast. Also, we were there like during the week. So we were there like Monday to Friday. And I realized I like traveling during the week because it really feels like a break. You know, like typically you'll do like a Thursday to Monday. And so a lot of Mm -hmm. it's the weekend, which is like, you're already like typically more off on the weekend, but like traveling in the middle of the week is like my new favorite thing. Yeah, it's delightful. Also, you miss all the weird people on the weekend who are also like, getting away. Exactly. Yeah, I went to Cancun. Where did I go? Not Cancun. I went to Cabo. And we were there, I think, Wednesday, Thursday was fun. And then Friday, Saturday, like, a bunch of weirdo, like, just weird vacation people came. And I was like, I don't like this. Go it back It takes home. a turn. Uh-huh. It takes a turn on the weekends, for sure. Yeah. Real quick, we gotta take a break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that 
everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. We're back. Okay, so you've been acting since you were four years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when did you decide you wanted to be an actor? I mean, I would say it was around then, like when I was in my first play. Um, the Three Billy Goats Gruff? Yes. Were you cast as a goat? Yeah. <laughs> Which made you cry because you didn't want to play a mean character? I was cast as a troll. Oh, a troll. Okay. I was a troll. I didn't want to be a troll. And I just wanted to be a nice bunny rabbit and like not bother anybody. <laughs> but they were like, you're a star. You need, you have main character energy. And I was like, okay. And like, honestly, the bug bit me then. Like my parents even talk about it. They're like, we knew. Like we knew like you came mm -hmm. obviously I was like hamming it around you know even you know as a baby as a child whatever but it was like on that stage they saw I just something changed in me and honestly I've been going at it and studying and and doing it ever since I really truly I've never stopped in 30 years and then you went to the studio theater in Washington DC so you're from you're from not DC you're from Maryland yeah, Maryland, D.C. area. Like, I was born in D.C., but it's all the same. We're all oh, okay. growing up in the same areas. Like and then you went to Howard. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was Howard like? My mother oh my wanted me to go to a HBC or HBCU, and I was like, no, I'm going to go to <laughs> I'm gonna go to New York and go to a conservatory, um, which, in hindsight, I really should have just gone to an HBCU because, uh, I don't know, I, I think it's 
nice. It's nice to be around people who look like you. It's really special. It's special. And like everything you're just saying is exactly why I went. My mom is also a Howard alum. My dad is as an HBCU alum. Um, like I, I come from a family of HBCU goers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like some of the best four years of my life. Like when I think when I break my life up in like, you know, quarters or whatever, it was a, it was an amazing part of my life. And like, it's exactly what you said, Nicole, like going, being surrounded and immersed by like your people and everybody is excellent and beautiful mm-hmm. and thriving and smart and doing their thing. It just, it's impossible to leave there and not be better, to not be more empowered as a black person person or a black woman, um, I I left Howard more cultured because that's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're around everybody from the diaspora, right? So I'm around Caribbean people. I'm around people that are from, you know, black folks from the UK, black folks from Africa, like everywhere. You know what I mean? But also like black folks from Detroit. You know what I mean? It just, it's all, we're all together and we're all um celebrating, you know, part of the tradition of HBCU too is that you're celebrating blackness all the time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, there's Soul Food Thursday every Thursday, but that is a celebration of blackness. You know, it's, you know, it's the Greeks stepping on the yard. That's a celebration of blackness. It's, you know, a random party where, you know, we're swag surfing. That's a celebration of blackness. So it, it was truly one of the best decisions, like marrying Daryl and going to Howard were like best decisions of my life. Oh, I love that. And you're in a sorority? Are you still in a sorority? Mm-hmm. Is it sorority for life? Yes. What is a sorority? It's sorority for life. I mean, like, if you want to be like, I'm an, I'm an AKA, but like, if you want to be like active, you obviously have to like pay your dues. But like, mm-hmm. once you're in, you're in. So, yeah, but I am an active soror. I would like to say that I'm paying my dues. Soror? What do you, what soror. did you call yourself? A soror? A soror. Yeah. Soror. AKA, you're in a sorority is that and pink, pink yeah. and pink and green? Yes. Yeah. Or is that a Delta? What are Deltas? No, Deltas are, are red and white. Red and white. Zetas are Zetas are blue and white, and SG rolls are yellow and blue. SG rolls. I don't think I've ever heard of them. Sigma Gamma Rho. Oh yes, I have heard of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> when did you move to LA? February first, twenty ten. I love that you remember the date, like the exact <laughs> dates. Oh yeah, it's impossible to forget. I've been like waiting my whole life to do it. And so did you, Was what was your move to LA? My move to LA was very much like, uh-oh, I don't have money. Um, I don't I don't know where to live. I don't know what a good area is. So I slept on a friend's couch for a while and she had cats and I'm allergic to cats. So I would Yikes. sneeze and sneeze and sneeze. Um, but they were very sweet cats. <laughs> uh, similar. I feel like most people like, it's a it's a version of the story that you just told. So mine is that I um I graduated from Howard in May of t- of two thousand and nine, and you know all I went I had like gotten a job as like a roving leasing consultant, which means uh basically I was a leasing consultant in, like multiple different properties. So I would like you know pop into different properties. It was, mm-hmm. it was actually not a bad paying job. Obviously, I wasn't going to do that forever. Anywho, um, and so I was just trying to save, save, save and figure out how I was going to get to LA because I needed to get there as soon as possible. And uh, in December of that year, uh, we have like a family tradition where my godmother and my god sister come over the day after Christmas, which is my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they came over like they always do. And, you know, they're like, Ash, you know, how's it been going? You know, fresh out of school. And I'm like, I mean, it's fine. But like, 
I'm just ready to move to LA, like whatever. Like I was just, I was kind of in that zone where I was like a little like, I'm just so tired of being at home with my parents, like back <laughs> with my parents, you know, uh-huh. whatever. And my god sister, Darren, she at the time was getting her PhD uh, at Claremont, which is in the IE uh, mm-hmm. area, like, you know, like 50 miles outside of LA. And she was like, mm, well, if you want to move, like you can come and like stay on my couch for a little bit until you get settled. And I was like, are you serious? She was like, of course. Like, you can just come live with me. I went upstairs, bought a one-way ticket. A Del- I remember it was a, I got, got a one-way ticket for $90 <gasps> on Delta. It was Delta. $90? I, still- I saved the ticket. Yes, I still have it. And I moved February. So that was December 26th. I moved February 1st. And so I say that to say I had no money, mm-hmm. was staying with my god sister on an air mattress. Um, I, you know, was hustling to try to get a job. This is going to sound so crazy to you. So I'm living in like Upland, which again is like 50 miles outside of LA. Mm-hmm. I got a job at United Colors of Benetton. Okay. Which is no longer. So I don't know how old you are, but if you I might do be too young to even it. know what that is. Mm-hmm. No, not you. Whoever's oh. listening might be too young. Probably. I figured you I figured you would probably know, but it was a cool <laughs> store. Um, but at the Santa Monica Promenade. So I was driving, it was like a hundred miles. 50 miles. Oh my God. 100 miles round trip like a dummy. I had shipped my RAV4, Raven the RAV, shipped Raven out to LA. And like, I just was struggling. I had no money. And then eventually my god sister and I got a two bedroom apartment. Um, and I continued to get, like, I think uh, until I st- stopped like working survival jobs, I had like 18 or something like that. Like, as soon as mm-hmm. the jobs didn't work or wouldn't let me go to an audition or wouldn't let me whatever. I was just like, bye, not trying to build a resume anyway. Like, I just <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> so, but that was my story. I, honestly, it was my god sister who gave me a chance, gave me a shot, gave me a bed. Yeah. I mean, it always is nice when you have people like that. Like my friend who I stayed with, she didn't charge me rent. And I was like trying to figure, I was like, what the fuck do people do here? Then I found baby. I was like, I started babysitting out here too. I was babysitting in New York as well. And then was like, just trying to like coach improv and just like gather the funds. It was tough, but like also I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was one of the, I don't know, most fun experiences. Then I moved into a two bedroom with my friend and our other friend who slept on the couch. And that was wild. Um, but then you co-created a web series in 2012 called Hello Cupid. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was like the thing that kind of put you on people's radars? For sure. 1000%. Because, you know, at the time, Nicole, podcasts were like, not podcasts, web series were like becoming a thing. And like mm-hmm. people were, a lot of people were watching more web series and even sometimes they were watching TV. Uh, it was like an interesting time in Hollywood uh, where people were really able to create their own thing for not a lot of money and for not a lot of money, but could have a lot of viewership. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what Lena Waith and I did. And we created Hello Cupid and it did really well. And uh, yeah, I think I think people were like, who is this girl? Like, she's really, she's talented. She has, she's, you know, obviously has a producer's brain too. Um, and she obviously wants to work because she created a lane for herself mm-hmm. or like a show for herself. Um, and, you know, I look back at those uh, those days of like, you know, <sighs> you, like just, it was so, we did everything guerrilla style. It was very like, all right, 
you know, who has a camera? We found somebody that's going to, you know, give us our camera for $20. Mm-hmm. Let's just shoot shoot it now. You know, can you meet up tomorrow? Can you can you bring all your own clothes? You know, like all the things. You do your own hair and makeup. You know, like it just, and at the time it was, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I was really, I'm still really proud of what we created. Because I think whenever you create something out of, knowing you don't have an opportunity and not just waiting for one to fall out of the sky and creating it for yourself, it's very rewarding. And and I think it always will lead to something greater. I agree. And whenever I used to do like a lot of Q&As with like college kids and I'd be like, don't wait, just create what you want to create. There's so many different lanes for put up a fucking web series on TikTok, like fucking put up videos anywhere you can. Like, there, somebody will find you. Somebody will like you. Uh, you know, just keep creating. And that's what, uh, I don't know, that's what I keep doing. I like, I just keep doing what I like to do and hope that people find it and like it. Yeah, that, that, that's all we can do. Just to pivot back to love, dating, and relationships, what kind of advice would you, other than doing uh, Calling in the One, what other advice would you give a single lady such as myself or a single person listening? I The advice I would give is, one, find ways to enjoy your singleness. <sighs> and what I mean by that is like, as much as I love marriage and even before we got married, partnership, being in a relationship, it's different than when you're single. And there is a beauty to a single life. There's another beauty to a partnered or married life too, but there's beauty in being single. And I think sometimes when you are uh, really focused on being partnered or being married, uh, that you miss out on the beauty of what your current life is too and how that will change. Uh, So I would Just, again, figure out a way to kind of shift your perspective that you still have gratitude for your single season, too, and that there's a lot to learn and and there's a lot of growth that ultimately needs to happen so that when you do find your person, hopefully you don't mess it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would say that and also, like, live. And that sounds like really, like, uh, general. But what I mean by that is like, I think sometimes like we put a lot of pressure on like, I got to be on the apps. I got to have a friend mm-hmm. hook me up with such and such. I got to do this. I got to, I got to be waxed. I got to whatever it is. But truthfully, you just have to live. Most people meet people just by living, having experiences, going to the grocery store, uh, walking around at the park whatever it is that that does happen but if you if you stop living then you stop experiencing you stop meeting people you stop growing like so all of those things kind of to me help get you closer to your person whether it's literally in proximity to like meeting them or just where you need to be at a person to be ready for them i think that's good advice i watched this like instagram video of this man who was like You think you should go to a club to meet a guy? Well, do you want a guy who's always in the club? Uh, And then he like listed a bunch of other places. He's like, go camping. Go go do things that you like to do to meet somebody. And I was like, but I like pole dancing. And most most men who pole dance are very, very gay. So I got to figure out something. Another thing I... (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that maybe I'll meet a man who wants to date me. Uh, I don't know. I think that's good advice, though, to just, like, live your life. I am uh, trying to do that, trying to live my life, have a nice time. But I'm just so horny. But <laughs> I'm in an era where I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm horny for love. And I've been, I've mm. been in this little era before, but I'm back in it. I don't want just, like, random hookups that just doesn't seem fun to, like, fuck somebody and then be like, okay, see you later. I'll never see you again. Truly horny for love and <laughs> just trying to figure out how to get it. Real quick, we got to take a break. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can, like, order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. You're on your way, Nicole. Like it's it's all happening and and even just you saying like you have to be honest with yourself when you've outgrown a season. Like, even just that alone is getting you closer to love. You're not staying in a place that, like, doesn't serve you anymore, that doesn't feel good to you anymore, that isn't you anymore. And that alone is going gonna, is gonna to take you really far to finding your partner. So I'm excited for you. Do you know anyone? Not really. I got to be honest does. about what it. Nobody does. What the fuck? Every it's, fucking person. It's getting rough. I'm not going to lie. I have it's so rough. many friends who are in wonderful relationships or, you know, they've chosen to be single for a little bit. And I'm like, do you know anybody? And everyone is always like, no, not at all. Don't know a single fucking person. Why? Until we do. Until we do. <sighs> People pop up all the time. People do pop up all the time. I like met this guy and I thought we were flirting and uh, I invited him to uh, something and 
he was like, yeah, I'll come. And then it just never aligned. And then he started texting me again. And I was like, oh, my God, he's coming back into my life. Oh, my God, maybe we'll go out. And then he was like, my girlfriend. And I was like, what is happening? What do you, why, why are you texting me? I do not want, I have all of the friends I've ever needed. I do not need you. I don't want this. Um Yeah, I feel like anytime I'm like, ooh, this person might be interested, they're like, okay, me and my girlfriend will come to your show. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to crawl into a shallow grave and go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel it. But just, Nicole, what I want you to know is that, like, anything and everything can change at any time. Like, Anytime we could end this podcast and you could text me tomorrow and be like, girl, you are not going to believe it. I'm going to be like, actually, I do. Like, that's what <laughs> that's what you have to hold on to. That like things change. Think about how many things have already changed in your life. You were broke. Now you're not. You were sleeping on couches. Now you're not. So if that's the case, why can't that change as far as your relationship status as well? You just have to keep believing. Oh, my God. That was nice and beautiful. Just keep believing. Do you ever get on a plane and then go, what if everyone stops believing? Because <laughs> to me, planes are insane. Like the fact that this huge thing is just fucking flying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if we all just stop believing? Will this plane go down? I think of that. I think of that all the time when I'm on planes, which really? is so dark. Like, what if we wait? What do you mean? What if we stop believing that like this plane <laughs> is actually flying through the sky? Okay. At, <laughs> at, like thousands of pounds. It. <laughs> It's very silly, and nobody thinks the way I do. Um, I recently went to a wedding. It was my friend's wedding, and uh, wow, I'm just bouncing around. I don't know if I took my ADHD medicine, whatever, but I went to this wedding, and it was a beautiful ceremony, but the priest at one point says, some relationships don't work out, but... It's uh, He was like, being in a relationship is better than being single. And I was like, oh, my God, is this man, did he, like, wake up to hurt my feelings? <laughs> I couldn't believe he said that at this wedding. What? The priest? Also, it was a priest? It was a very, my friend is religious and uh, goes to church a lot. Maybe it wasn't a priest. Maybe it was a reverend or something. It was, like, a very formal wedding. <laughs> And oh, yeah, wow. I couldn't believe it. I was like, so, okay. Were there any audible gasps? No, because everybody <laughs> there, I think, was truly partnered. And they were like, ha, 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 you're right. <laughs> we're okay. all in relationships. And it is better than being single. It was just funny because I was like, I'm in a mood where I'm like, I would like to be partnered. And he was like, huh, being single is the pits. And I was like, it is, sir. It is. Yeah, I don't know. Because also, like, being in a ridiculous relationship is the pits, too. So, yes. honestly, I I disagree with the priest, the reverend, the pastor, whatever he was, rabbi. I, I disagree. I, mm-mm. Because I, it is true. Like, I would rather be, I don't want to do it. I, w- I don't want to do, I don't want to be miserable with you. Like, mm-hmm. and if, if, if you're making me miserable, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Oh, I would yeah. rather just be miserable by myself. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I would rather be miserable than with somebody. But then you could just be like, you could commiserate together and be like, doesn't our relationship suck? No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I know this episode comes out after uh, Halloween, but I went to a psychic who told me I was going to meet someone at a Halloween party. And <sighs> then I made plans to go away for Halloween. And I was like, should I not go away with girls that I know I'm going to have a great time with? And go to Halloween parties where I might not have a great time just to find somebody? Well, Nicole, who's to say that there's not a party where you're going? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. We could end up going to a party. Yeah. I have been to so many psychics just trying to be like, when? When? And all of them are like, Mm -hmm. soon. Can't tell you anything other than just it's going to happen soon, which is (laughs) the most frustrating thing in the whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so do you like really buy into like psychics um like are you going to people that have like the crystal ball outside of there no okay. i okay. so <laughs> i have friends who will see a psychic and then will like happen to talk about it and then they'll give me their information and truly i've been to maybe like four or five and only one was really good and the mark of it no two were very good And the mark of a good psychic is they don't tell you anything you don't already know. So, like, Mm -hmm. you're, like, past stuff, things you've done, your family stuff. Um, But then things in the future, I've had them say things and they've, like, come true. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, Mm. So I I do believe in it. But also I'm, like, woo-woo. I'm, like, witchy. I like candles. I do. Yeah, no, me too. I believe that, like, there's got to be people on earth that have like a little bit more access than the rest of us and like mm-hmm. are a little bit more connected. Like I I for sure believe in that. Yeah, yeah. I once made a car appear. <laughs> Wait, I was what? in Okay, I was in Greece with my friend Mono. It was I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but it was the hottest day of the year. We decided to go to a beach. The guy who dropped us off was like, "Nobody's going to pick you up. It's too steep for cars to go down." And we were like, "Okay." And then we get to the beach, and then the guy at the beach club was like, oh, I mean, no car is going to come get you. It's too steep. But um, you can walk to the bus stop. It's 10 minutes away. And we were like, okay, 10 minutes, that's fine. But we didn't anticipate how hot it was going to get, like, towards, like, 3, 4 o'clock. It was, like, 102, 105. I don't It was mm. disgusting. And we were walking, and we had been walking for, like, a solid five, six minutes. And I was like, Mono, how much further is it? And he was like, it still says 10 minutes. And I was like, hey! how does it still say 10 minutes and I was like doesn't anyone hitchhike here and he was like I don't know Nicole and we were both like turning on each other because it was so hot and then a car I didn't see it pass us but it was just on the side of the road a little black Volkswagen Golf and a lady was like hey where are you guys going and we were like oh to the bus stop she's like yeah but where are you going after the bus stop we were like to uh, the boat to go back to Mykonos and she's like I'll take you so we got in the car with her there was other people walking that she did not stop for (laughs) And I very much believe I made that car. I was like at my wits end and I truly was like chanting in my brain. I was like, a car has to stop. A car has to stop. A car has to stop. It will stop and it will take us to where we need to go. And then it happened. I I have to say that story is lovely. However, all I keep thinking about is like, what if she was an axe murderer? Like you just got in a car with a random woman that was like, do you want to ride? Yes. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I would have been too scared. Yes. And she was very, very sweet. Um, if she was an axe murderer, ballsy for her because it was daylight. 
You're going to kill two people? Also, I'm... Okay, this will sound insane, and I know fat people get murdered, but I just think it's more effort than you really want to put out. You like? Oh my god! So if you kill a fat person, you got to dispose of them. That's like disposing of two people. That's a lot of work. I just, I, I just don't see it for myself. <laughs> and no shade to any fat people who have Thank been murdered, god. and the people have put in the effort of disposing. But like, I just think it's too much effort. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, right? I, I, I see what I see what you're saying. I do, but still scary. Like no, still I'm scary. never worried about someone murdering me. I truly, okay. I'm too charismatic. One, <laughs> <laughs> two. I think it's too much effort to get rid of this body. Three. You're gonna keep me. Where are you gonna keep me? I'm so loud. I would figure out. I would make a noise. You would. You wouldn't be able to kidnap me. Keep me anywhere. I just. I don't see it for myself. I'm so happy you don't see it. I don't see it for myself either, but I hear what you're saying, and I'm still not getting in a car with somebody, but... On on the hottest day of the year? No. Really? I would have just, just had to seek shelter and really? miss the boat or something. Or I would have just kept walking, Nicole. There's also that option. No, not at all. I was like, I, Mono looked at me and I said, we're getting in the car. And Mono was like, okay. <laughs> and I don't, I I should... If I were with you, like I would have been like, no, Nicole, we're not. And then you would have left, got in the car with a nice lady, been on the boat. I would have been seeking shelter until the sh- sun went down. But I don't know that I could have done it. I would have been scared. Oh, I... Uh, no, everyone's nice. I really... <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just don't believe in a world where something terrible is going to happen to me. Uh, only nice things. I love that. Now, that, that's a good perspective. You're right. You have to expect the best. Expect yes. the best in Expect life. Expect the yes. best. Ashley, before we go, I asked all of my guests this, and I fully fucking forgot. I don't know. What's going on with my little brain? Ashley, would you date me? 1,000%. Oh, thank you. I think you're so beautiful. I think you're so funny. I think you're so real. And you're fun. Like, love and dating is about having fun fun. So someone you can have fun with and that's going to keep it real with you 1000%. I would totally date you, Nicole. I love that. Thank you, Ashley. I needed that. (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you so much for doing this little podcast episode. Do you have anything? Do you have anything that you want to promote? Yeah. I mean, my podcast, Trials to Triumphs, you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes each and every Monday. And actually, I have Nicole coming on as a guest. So that's going to be happening in November. And it is a fantastic episode. She's showing us a different side, everybody. We're we're going deep. We're learning about her childhood. Childhood. We're learning about lessons. Lessons I learned. You know, we're learning about self-confidence. It's a lot. She she gave a lot. And it was a fun, beautiful episode. and And I'm excited for you all to listen to it. It was very fun. I'm excited for it to come out. And it's on the OWN network. It's on, not the OWN network. It's on Oprah Winfrey's podcast network. Yes, yes. Have you met Oprah? I have not. Okay. And I say that because I'm sad. I just feel like, I think it's time. Miss Winfrey and I connect. I, I want to go to her beautiful home and, too. you know, pick, you know, food from her garden and make it and sit down and maybe have a glass of wine or something, or maybe go to her Hawaii home. Like I have all these dreams. So hopefully they come true. I hope they come true. (laughs) One of my favorite uh, videos that came out of the pandemic, and I know the pandemic was real. People died. 
but there was some tee-hee-hees to be had. Oprah was like on her estate and Stedman had gotten COVID. So she made a video going to visit Stedman in her guest house. And he like popped out from a window like it was Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And was like, we're introducing all the characters of Oprah's. It made me laugh so hard. And she's just like teetering down to see Stedman. Anyway, Oprah brings me joy. Um, yes. <laughs> if you liked this episode of Oh, I Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, give me five stars. If you write me something nasty hitting on me to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. This says, Let's Play Ghost. Hi, Nicole. If we were together, I would suggest that we try out some role play scenarios where we recreate scenes from our favorite movies. Since I know how much you love Ghost, we'll start there. But I think slowly shaping Clay to the Righteous Brothers is a bit overplayed. I disagree. Instead, I want you, a beautiful, confident black woman, to be the the Odame Brown to my Molly Jensen. You'll sit in a chair across from me without words, slowly embody the, the spirit of the inconquerable Patrick Swayze. You'll silently guide me up from my seat, graze my arms and shoulders with your possessed hands, tilt my head back and kiss me passionately, fully embodying the gayest moment of the of 1990 outside Paris is burning. Then after we both experience one minute of transcendent and all-consuming desire, your dis, d- uh, d- depossessed body will crumble to the ground and we will pretend that neither of us made it to completion. Okay. That's nice. Thank you. Ooh, Ashley didn't like it. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. This has been a Team Coco production. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.